sincere about it. And, and, um, uh, and so, not that all of us aren't evangelists, but some people, God just uses it in a special way. It's just their heart to do that, you know. Uh, and my heart is to teach the people once they get saved. You know, not that I don't help people get saved, but I love teaching the people and making disciples of people and, and getting them strong in the Word. Uh, and, and that's why we need everybody, amen? That's why we need each other. And so, and then uh, the last thing is be praying for uh, Tom and Evelyn Flight. Uh, so uh, they've called hospice in for Tom. And, um, you know, a couple years ago he had, um, uh, he had uh, uh, colon cancer. And basically it spread. And, and um, uh, uh, in fact, the, the uh, announcement I heard today from Jerry, he was over there visiting. Uh, they actually don't expect him to, to uh, be here tomorrow. They expect him to pass tonight sometime. Uh, and uh, and he, he was talking to Jerry, and he told Jerry that he was ready to go. He wanted to go home to be with the Lord. And so in a situation like that, you know, we don't violate their will and say, well, you know, that's wrong. You know, um, if that's where they're at, then it's really disrespectful on our part to, uh, we, you, know, you know, we can talk to them and, and encourage them and to, to change their mind. But if their mind is set, yeah, then um, then we should be in agreement with them that they go home peacefully and quietly and, and um enter into glory for us to see them again someday, amen? Uh, and so, we, uh, of course, uh, uh, if that does happen, then there will be um, arrangements and a funeral in Cookville, and um, more than likely I'll be doing the funeral there. And um, I expected to do the funeral because the Lord spoke to me the other day about a verse. That would be a great verse for his funeral. So before they asked me to do the funeral, and, and it's, it's Tom's verse, right? It's a verse that just identifies Tom, so... Uh, and, uh, and, and usually the Lord, well, I guess always the Lord gives me a, a key verse for all the funerals that I've ever done. You know, he'll just give me a verse that this, this is, you know, a good verse that represents their particular life. And, and, um, and a lot of times uh, I try not to do funerals for people that I, I don't know or, you know, people that, uh, um, of course, you know, uh, do funerals for family members. But sometimes people call me, hey, you know, I've got a second cousin twice removed and I've never met him, didn't know him, and, and uh, sometimes you just have to say no, you know, and, and um, because if they're not saved, I'm not sure what you do, right, to what you say, you know, and so <clears throat> if they're family, you know, you can, uh, you can comfort the people and, and encourage everybody that's there, but if it's, a, if it's a stranger, you know, I don't know them, and I don't know their relationship with the Lord, um, and, uh, you know, sometimes people think that the church's responsibility is to always do things on their behalf, even if they never want to participate in the church. And that's not really the way the Lord operates, you know. It's, it's really a, a, um, a relationship that you should have with the church and with the, with, the, with the local body, amen. And so, of course, the Bible teaches us to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Uh, we, we need the church, right? And I think you all know that, of course, but um, <clears throat> there's, there's, always, there's, always a, um, there's always an attack both from within the church and outside the church to, uh, to convince people that don't need to attend a local church. They can either get it, uh, of course, nowadays you can get it on TV, get it on the Internet, and, well, my pastor's online. Well, who's there when you need somebody to pray for you, right? I bet if you call them, they're not going to get on a jet plane and fly up there and lay hands on you, right? They're not going to visit you in a hospital. They're not going to uh, comfort you in the difficult times of life or to encourage you and to, you know, uh, they're not going to do those things. They'll preach it, preach for you, you know. And I'm not opposed to TV. In fact, we're on sort of a TV, right, on the internet. But um, <clears throat> um, so anyway, um, so uh, Friday night will be prayer. Saturday will be um, um, the work day, and we'll get it done in an hour, hour and a half tops there. And then um, uh, we'll be here Sunday for church, right? So let's pray and thank the Lord for His Word today. So Father, we thank you for Your Word. We thank you for the blessings of Your Word. Father, we thank you that it's your word that provides us faith, that as we choose to believe your word, Father, you grant us revelation, insight, wisdom, and knowledge by your word, that it's true, it's real, it's for us today, it belongs to us, it's part of our inheritance. And so we thank you for that, Father. We choose to believe your word. We choose to receive all that you have for us, Father, for if you declared it, it belongs to us. And so, Father, we thank you for that. We give you all praise and the honor for it in Jesus' name. Amen. And so don't forget, we also have, uh, since it is January, we have our Bible reading schedule back there. And I encourage you to get a copy of that. You know, of course, you can get it online, no problem. But it's a nice piece of paper. You stick in your Bible, check off uh, each, each uh, week's reading. It's, it's done by week as opposed to by day. And, um, 
you know, for me, that works. I prefer it that way. You know, some people are really regimented in their days. I'm not. I never know from day to day where I'm going to be, when I'm going to, when, when I've got to go somewhere and do something. And so I, uh, I'll tend to read, uh, you know, I may read a, two or three books in a day of the Bible and then it may be, you know, heaven forbid, it may be like two days before I read it again, right? And, um, uh, and so, but, uh, what's that? What is Tom? Well, I can't tell you until the funeral there. So, oh, okay. <laughs> you gotta, if you want to hear it, you'll have to come to the funeral. Uh, yeah, and so he went to the uh, doctor this week, right? And so, yeah. 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 Oh, okay. Oh, really? Okay. So, so a new valve, right? Well, you know, the Lord's got, uh, you know, you work in a warehouse where there's a warehouse in heaven full of all kinds of heart valves, right? And so we'll just place an order for one and um, we'll get us a new valve. Amen. Uh, and so let's op- open up our Bibles to the book of Philippians chapter three. We'll continue there tonight. So we got to, to, uh, to verse uh, six here and we talked a little bit about the, uh, verse six where it says, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching righteousness, which is the law, and blameless. And, um, you know, I think zeal, you remember Jesus said that the zeal of the Lord it will eat him up, right? Because he was so zealous for the temple. And even though, you know, and if you go look at the whole counsel of God, some places the Lord says, you know, I don't need a temple, I'm the Lord, right? But people created a temple for, for the Lord on his behalf. And... Um, and it was something that he, that even Jesus honored, right? Of course, he said, I'll tear it down. Uh, but uh, when he said, I'll tear it down, he was talking about the temple of, of his own body. Uh, and so, uh, but when uh, it, it really, it really angered Jesus to see them dishonor the temple, right? To turn it into a place where it wasn't about honoring the Lord, it was about making money, right? Uh, and so because Jerusalem was, was a, a, um, a point where everybody, you know, by law, all Jewish males had to go to Jerusalem at least once a year. And so, uh, you know, they had to do sacrifices. And so what, what the leadership did was they, hey, we'll set up a, a, um, a capitalist situation here. And don't, wor- don't worry about uh, bringing your own sacrifice. We'll just sell you a sacrifice right here, you know, with, of course, a small markup, you know, to cover overhead and all that and to buy me a new house and a new boat and those types of things, right? But uh, so they turned it into, a, you know, it wasn't to help the people, it was there to make money. And so, uh, and so Jesus turned the tables over. Uh, well, you think Jesus uh, is pleased when the church is all about making money? No, it's the same problem, right? Uh, and historically, the church has done a terrible job, right? Uh, in, in times and seasons and places where the pulpit has only been about making money, amen? And I know, I know uh, even some ministries that I have been aware of to me, and I won't name any names, but but sometimes to me, the emphasis on finances is a little distasteful. Right, everything is a profit center. Right, the kitchen's a profit center, the book table's a profit center. You know, the sound booth's a profit center, uh, and uh, you know we gotta you know we gotta make some money and all the things. And I got no problem with, with people selling things. You know, we sell things back there, uh, but um, uh, the the goal the, the business of the church is not finances, right? The business of the church. In fact, we have a slide. Right? What's the slide say? Anybody know? What's the business of the church from the slide? <laughs> it's like, uh, what's it? What's it? What? Find the slide there, Jared. What's it say? It's it's one of the six hundred slides. You know. <laughs> we'll wait here awkwardly while. while. Right there. Right there. No. 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 Uh, uh, he's gonna bring it up. It says that the business of the faith, the business of the church is faith, right? That's what we need to be about is faith. Uh, and of course, you know, of course, it's winning the lost as well. But, um, uh, and so we need to make sure that we keep, we keep things in the right order, right? So we need to have zeal. And, you know, zeal is just a fervent, it's, it's an excitement, you know, of mine, you know, excitement of the Lord. Are you excited about the Lord? Are, do you have a zeal for the Lord? Do you desire to serve the Lord? Do you have a desire to know the Lord? Uh, you know, for me personally, my desire is more to know the Lord than even to serve the Lord because serving the Lord is pretty easy. It's just doing things, right? You know, it's cleaning, it's preaching, it's praying, it's, it's reading and studying. You know, those things, 
you know, the Lord made, made me that person, right? And so those things are fairly easy. But, but uh, I want to know the Lord. I want to know who he is. I want to know, you know, when, when I think of the Lord and I think of, well, I, you know, I need healing, do I know the Lord well enough to, to know whether or not he wants to do that? Uh, and, you know, some people will say, well, the Lord doesn't want to heal. And I think, have you ever met him? I mean, because if you met him, you would know he wants to heal you, right? And, and for me, it's the easiest thing in the world to believe that God wants to heal because I know him. You know, I don't know everything about him, but, I, you know, but I'm trying to. I'm, I'm striving. My zeal is to know him. You know, I want to know him more today than I knew him yesterday. I want to know why he does things. And, you know, reading Old Testament, reading the New Testament, and, and reconciling those two, you know, because he hasn't changed. He's still the Lord. Uh, but to, to know him, right? And, and a lot of people in the church will just say the most terrible things about the Lord. And, and I think, have you ever met him? Do you ever know him? I mean, we, I don't, I've not met him face to face. You know, some people have, right? And the Lord can appear to whoever he wants to. He's perfectly uh, welcome to appear to me anytime he wants to, right? But if he never appears to me, I still know him. And, and that's the zeal that we need to have. We need to have great zeal, that, that drive on the inside of us. I want to know him. Uh, and so, you know, when I got saved, I, I, didn't, I knew no Bible, right? I, knew, I never read the Bible, uh, didn't know anything about the Bible at all. I mean, zero. Uh, I didn't grow up in church or anything like that. Uh, and the one thing the Lord, the one revelation he gave me was that God is good. And that's all I knew. I didn't know, I couldn't even tell you where the Bible says that for the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Uh, that's actually mentioned several times in, in the word of God. Uh, but I knew that the Lord was good. And if you know that the Lord is good, you know, that right there will get about half your doctrine straightened up, right? Because would the Lord ever put, would a good God ever put sickness and disease on you? Would he ever desire for you to be in poverty or, or to harm you in any way or to not think about you or to forget about you? No, a good God would always want to take care of you, protect you and watch over you and, 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 and forgive you. And, uh, and a good God would want to do that. And so as, as the years went by, then I found the scriptures to back up those things, right? To back up, well, the Lord is good and he wants to heal us. So, so we should have zeal, right? We should have zeal. Uh, one of the, uh, of course, remember when Jesus was uh, teaching uh, uh, John, the Apostle John in the book of Revelation about the Laodicean church, he said that you're neither hot nor cold. Right, so zeal, you know, the, the zeal tends to drive towards a hotness, right? Uh, and, and in the context of that, you know, some people try to say being cold is bad, but uh, Jesus didn't say being cold was bad in that context. He said being lukewarm was bad, right? And, and if you go back, and uh, why, why is being cold Okay. Well, you've got to understand the context, right? Because sometimes cold means you're cold to the Lord, right? You're, you're dull of hearing, those types of things. That's not what he's talking about. He's making a reference back to the old covenant when, when the nation of Israel was in the wilderness. And you remember, uh, what were the two things that guided them each day? Anybody remember? The cloud by day and what? The fire by night, right? So why did they need a cloud by day? There was sun, right? So it was hot. And why did it need a fire at night? It was cold because they were in the desert, right? And so the desert, it gets hot in the day and cold at night. Uh, and so in both, in both cases, whether they were cold or hot, they desperately needed the salvation of the Lord, right? They needed a cloud by day. They needed a fire by night or they wouldn't have survived. Uh, and that's the, the desperation that the Lord wants to have. That's the zeal that the Lord wants to have. I have to have the Lord. I have to have him when I'm over here. I have to have the Lord when I'm over there. doesn't matter where I'm at. I need the Lord, you know, and, and that's really what he was talking about. The Laodicean church said, hey, we're good. We're comfortable. We've got money. Everything is well. You know, we're happy. We don't really need the Lord all that much. And he said, you're lukewarm, and, and it makes me want to spew you out of my mouth, which is pretty intense, right? I mean, you think about the Lord spewing me out of my mouth, and, uh, you know, it just sounds kind of gross there. But um, so that, that's what he wants us to have is zeal, right? The saddest thing in the world is a Christian who's just kind of blah, just kind of a, well, you know, take it or leave it, doesn't matter. And I've never been that way. I mean, from the day I got saved, I thought, this is my answer, right? These, these words in this book are my answer. You know, as a teenage boy, I, these, these words, I don't know what they are yet, but I know that somewhere in this book lies the answer to all of my issues in life. And I was convinced of that when I was 15, and, you know, I'm 57 years old now. And I'm, I'm more convinced of it now because I know, you know, one or two things more than I knew when I was 15 years old. Uh, and so we, it's okay to have zeal, amen? It's okay to be zealous. It's okay to be on fire for the Lord. It's okay. Now, I know sometimes people get out of balance and they're kind of wacko, you know. He didn't say be, be you know, uh, insane. Uh, there's a lot of people in the church who are just kind of, 
you know, extreme in everything, right? That you can't do anything, you can't you go anywhere, can't, you know, buy anything, can't have anything, don't want any, any of the world's goods or whatever. And, um, you know, I mean, you can, and, and, and the, the crazy thing is they focus on things that are just so unimportant, right? I've had people just get so mad at me because uh, they'll say things like, well, you can't have a steeple in church. You can't have Christmas trees, you know, we got two Christmas trees right over there, right? Uh, you can't celebrate Easter, you can't celebrate Christmas. And I'm thinking about, you know, celebrating Easter, Christmas, uh, all at the same time with a Christmas tree on a steeple at the same time, right? Just to make them mad all the, every way I possibly can. Because they just so, fully, they, they focus on things that are just so unimportant, right? That's not zeal. That's, to me, that's kind of stupidity because it just, it doesn't matter. Those things don't matter at all. What matters is the Lord, right? Are you a merciful person? Are you a kind person? Do you walk in the fruit of the Spirit? Uh, does the Lord lead you and guide you in your life? If he does, you'll be fine, right? If all you're focusing on is, is how tall is your steeple, what's it matter? It just doesn't matter. People pick the things and just, you know, uh, just, uh, you know what, what day of week do you have church on? You have it on Saturday or Sunday, you know. We're going to fight you about it. Who cares? Well, we have church on Saturday and Wednesdays, right? What about Wednesday? Where's Wednesday come from? You know, they, as far as we know, the church was having uh, church every day of the week, right? So which day, is, which day do you have church on? Well, seven days a week, right? And look, you want to have church on Saturday? I could care less. I mean, I, you know, it, it doesn't bother me. Well, you're wrong. I don't care. I mean, I really don't care because uh, what's important? The important things are important. Other things, you know, are not. And for me in my life, really the only thing that matters in my life is the Lord Jesus. Everything else, I just don't care, you know. What kind of a car I drive? It just doesn't matter, right? Well, I only drive a Ford. I could be fine. I could care less, you know. Uh, you know, you, I would never drive a Chevy. I, fine, I don't care, you know. It just, it don't matter. You know, it just doesn't matter to me at all, right? Things don't matter, you know. People will fight wars over things. And, and to me, that's misplaced zeal, right? Zeal should be zeal for the Lord. Zeal to know Him, right? To know who He is. And the best way to know Him is to read the Word, right? Because the goal of the, of the Word of God is to reveal the Lord Jesus to us. It's not about the knowledge that you obtain, of the word it's when i'm reading the word of god i'm always who are you lord why are you doing these things what makes you decide to do this that's knowing him right uh, and that and that's in fact later on paul talks about knowing the lord so we should have zeal amen we should be on fire for the lord we should uh, be on fire to know the lord right uh, a lot of times people get on fire for the lord and they try to make you be them right so if they're not doing something then you can't do that you know if they're not eating meat then you can't eat meat if they're you know praying you know, I had a fellow get up one time in church say, the Lord told me to get up at 5.30 every morning and pray. You've got to get up at 5.30 in the morning and pray. I was like, I don't even have a 5.30 in the morning. You know, my clock, there's no 5.30. It just goes from like midnight to about 7, 7 a.m., right? Everything else in Manila is just nothing, right? It just, not, just it doesn't exist. Yeah, and, and, you know, that, who cares? Jesus prayed in the morning. He prayed at night. Sometimes he prayed all night long till the morning. So what, which one is it? You know, it's whatever the Lord wants you to do. Amen. So, uh, so sometimes people get zealous over things that just don't matter. And, and you would hurt their feelings if you said, you know, all, this stuff, all the time you're spending on doing that, it's a waste of time. You know, I don't tell people that, but I'm thinking, well, all that right there, waste of time. It's all going to burn up in the end. The Lord you could care less about your, uh, your, your arguing the point about you can't have a steeple in a church. You know, it's like, whatever, you know. Uh, I mean, I had, I had a guy spend 45 minutes preaching to me you know, we were at church, and, and he said, hey, you got a minute, you know? Uh, and, uh, and if he said, if you got 45 minutes, I might have said no. Uh, but, uh, you know, he's, you got a minute, and, and so 45 minutes, he's preaching. And, and he was one of these people who just, you know, just say it. If, if you don't believe it, just tell me. You don't believe in Easter. Fine. We're going to still celebrate Easter, you know? We're tell, we've got kids here. We're going to go out and, and hunt things, you know? You don't like it? Then don't, you know, I don't care. <laughs> it just don't matter. It's, is it entertainment for the children? The kids love it, right? And so, uh, but he spent 45 minutes. But he never would come out and say, hey, this is wrong. He, well, I've been praying, you know, and fasting and, and all these things, spending time for the Lord, read his word, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, get to the point. Get to the point, you know, spit it out. And, 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 and he never did really say it, but basically he, he kind of hinted around that Easter was wrong and we're wrong for celebrating it. Okay, then just tell me that, you know. If you're man enough to... to to tell me I'm wrong, you just be mad enough to tell me I'm wrong. I mean, you know, because I'm not going to get mad about it. You know, I'll probably laugh at you, like, really? That you spend, you, you really feel that strong about something that just don't matter? Uh, Easter matters, of course, but having an Easter egg hunt, you know, you know, uh, we all know that rabbits don't create those Easter eggs, right? Anybody here think they do? 
Is anybody like, I'm pretty sure those rabbits are creating those eggs, right? Is anybody, anybody worshiping the, you know? And people say, well, you know, it was a pagan holiday. It's not a pagan holiday. We, we choose to celebrate it as the day of the resurrection of Lord Jesus. Isn't that what we all, what we all celebrate it for? Anybody not celebrate Easter for that reason? Anybody go, well, no, it's all, it's all about the, the, the uh, you know, spring solstice, right? And it's all about when the planets all alignment. And anybody thinking about that when we're, when, no, nobody's thinking about that. We're all celebrating the resurrection of Lord Jesus, amen? Uh, and so, but people like, you know, people just argue about things and just, uh, it's misplaced zeal. We should have zeal to know the Lord. And if that's our zeal, then we'll be okay, right? And we will, we will pursue the word. We will find out who the Lord is. We will talk to him. We will fellowship with him. That's, that's where we need to place our zeal. Going on crusades about what you're doing wrong, what you're doing wrong, what you're doing wrong, is none of, it's not your business. That's not the business of the church. It's telling it where everybody else is wrong. Amen? And yet we get, we get so misplaced in our zeal uh, because the flesh loves that, right? The flesh loves the attention of, I'm the guy telling everybody else they're wrong. You know, boring, I mean, so boring, right? Your life is so boring to me. Uh, it, and I've had so many people over the years just fuss and, uh, about, about things that just don't matter to other beings. And, and um, Jesus said, you, you miss the weightier matters of the law, right? weightier matters, right? There are things that matter and things that just, if you put them on the scale of does this matter, it doesn't change anything, right? Uh, uh, people's uh, crusade against steeples and against, you know, uh, I, I had one person said, well, uh, they, a minister, a pastor said, God could, never, God could never bless a storefront church. Like it matters, right? Does it matter where you have a church at? I mean, is the presence of the Lord here? I mean, I, you know, just preaching, I, you know, I, I sense his presence, you know, every time we preach. Yeah, and um, if, he didn't, if, if he didn't approve of our coming together as a people, he would not bless us with his presence, would he? Does he care? Does he come down the street and go, I ain't going to that building. It's a storefront building. I mean, you know, they started out in houses most of the times, you know, in, in, the, in the book of Acts, right? Could God bless a house church? Well, surely he can. Things like that are just foolishness, right? It's misplaced zeal, right? You've got to have your own building. I like our building. In fact, I like our building a lot, right? I mean, especially since we renovated the sanctuary. I mean, I think it's an amazing building, right? It's just a building, though, right? Uh, you know, it's just I don't worship or anything. So let's have zeal, amen? Excitement of mind, fervent of spirit. We talked a little bit about what being fervent of spirit means there, right? Uh, persecuting the church. So he was talking about before he got saved, his zeal, because he, he wanted to protect the covenant of the Lord so much that he was, he was zealous to the point of sending people to prison. So his zeal was, was clearly misplaced, misplaced right? Uh, and uh, over in 1 Timothy chapter 1, uh, and starting verse 12, Paul said, And I thank G- Christ Jesus our Lord who enabled me for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry, who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious. But I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. You know, even if he hadn't done it ignorantly in unbelief, you know, the Lord can still forgive him, right? Uh, but he did do it ignorantly. He, he didn't know. He thought he was doing the right thing. And yet, how many people are 100% convinced I'm doing the right thing? And Paul said it was it's 100% wrong. Uh, you know, all of Paul's life, uh, as we go through these verses, what he's saying that all of my life up to the point of, of, of the road to Damascus was a waste of effort. Uh, and, that, and that's what he says there, right? He says the, in verse 14, And the grace of our Lord Jesus, uh, our Lord, was exceeding abundantly with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. And so, uh, you know, the nice thing about Paul that I like, and I think this would be helpful to a lot of people, is his past was not something that, um, that he built an altar around. You know, some people will, uh, if you ask them, I remember one time, and I don't know if it had anything to do with the past or not, but had this one person visit church many years ago. And so, you know, what I typically do is, hey, you know, who are you? Where you come from? You know, what do you do for a living? You know, and just chit-chatting, you know, and, and where are you from? Different places. You know, what do you do? Things. You know, what do you do for a living? Well, I, just whatever. I mean, it's like, you know, you, it, it, it was like trying to, trying to catch, you know, a, a, a bug or something. You know, you, every time you try, you'd move, right? and, and he didn't want to answer anything. And, and, well, I wasn't asking you for your bank account number or your mother's maiden name or your favorite high school teacher or anything. I just, 
trying to get to know you, right? And in fact, the Bible says, know those who labor among you. Uh, and so he, he didn't want, you know, so I don't, is, is there some deep, dark secret in his past that he doesn't want me to know about? I don't know. Maybe he's, you know, maybe he's a mafia guy or something. Or, uh, but, you know, Paul never, he never allowed his past to define who he was, right? He talks about his past on, on, a, on a regular basis in several of the epistles that he wrote. He talks it like there in 1 Timothy that, that before that he was a blasphemer, he's a persecutor, he was injurious. Uh, he injured people, right, uh, on, uh, on purpose. And yet he said he obtained mercy. Uh, and, uh, you know, your past should not, uh, should not bother you, right? I, I remember reading a story about this lady that she was a lesbian and then decided to switch uh, sides back to the right side. Uh, and, um, uh, and they got saved and then married a pastor. And so, um, you know, it's, people say, well, you know, you were born that way. It's a decision, right? You can choose to be that way. You can choose not to be that way. Uh, and from a biblical standpoint, any, any doctrine that says that uh, you don't have a choice is what? It's false doctrine, right? You always have a choice. You can choose to follow the Lord. You can choose not to follow the Lord. Nobody makes you do it either way, including the Lord, including the devil. You choose, you choose your path every day. If you, if you want to uh, be a homosexual, you can choose to be a homosexual. Anybody can choose to be a homosexual. Anybody can choose to stop being a homosexual. Anybody can choose to never be a homosexual, right? It's, it's your choice. You weren't born that way. You chose to be that way, amen? You were born who you were born. The Lord, uh, you were born in the image and likeness of God. God created your spirit. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews that he is the father of all spirits. That means that when you were created, you thought just like God. When you came into the, into the world, you thought just like God. So somewhere along the way, you stopped thinking like God, and all, all people do. That's why we have to be born again. But uh, at one point in time, everybody thought just like the Lord. If you thought just like the Lord, you would always be, if you're a male, you'd always be a male, and you'd always like females. If you're a female, you'd always be a female, and you'd always like males. That's the way God made you. That's the way you'd always be if you stayed with the, with the plan of God, if you stayed with, with the blessings of the Lord. But we choose, right? We get to choose. So she chose, you know, uh, to, to be a lesbian at some point in her life. She chose to stop being a lesbian at some point in her life. She got married to a pastor, and, and so they were at a, at a church, um, and, and he was at the church to uh, be interviewed to see if, if they wanted to hire him as the pastor, right? So he was, he was you know, uh, uh, interviewing for a position at the church, for the main position of the church. And so he was in the office back in a secret room, you know, being uh, grilled by whoever uh, grills people like that. And so the women, the, the wives of all the elders, you know, were out in just in the fellowship hall just chit-chatting and stuff. And so the, some of the ladies said, well, tell us about yourself. She always oh, used to be a lesbian, you know, these things. And, and they were, you know, just like all the awkward to get sucked out of the room. It's like, oh, you know, don't just tell anybody that, you know. I, you know, that you, you should never, ever say that again. Like, what's not what I am today. It's what I was, you know. And you ask me who I was, that's who I was, you know. Now I'm not that. And so thank the Lord that, you know, we, uh, and he didn't, get the, he didn't get the job because, the wife's past that she wasn't involved with anymore. Then, well, you know, if I said, well, yeah, I'm blaming lesbian right now, you know, is there a problem with that? Well, yeah, there's a problem with it now, but, you know, unless you go to the Methodist church, right? Methodist church, yeah, come on in, right? But you know, they're having a big war right that right now, right? I mean, a big, anybody watched a war going on in Methodist church about, I mean, it's just a, uh, something wrong with the name, right? Because it's called United Methodist Church, but they have there because what's important? The Lord's important. What you did yesterday, I could care less, right? Uh, and so, uh, so, but I've had people look at me like, well, because, because I didn't do all those things, then I'm just not as, as good of a Christian as they are. Well, you mean you, you, you didn't sleep around? No, you know, I got married a virgin, you know, you know, well, you know, um, you, you mean you didn't, uh, okay, well, I did have a crime spree when I was like 12, I stole some bubble gum, you know, and, uh, and, and then, you know, I did cuss a couple times, you know, about the same time, and, uh, you know, I mean, I mean, I, you know, I, I did some really terrible things, right? And, and, um, uh, and so, uh, but I had people, I've had people look down upon me because their sin in the past was worse than my sin in the past. And, and that's just, that's a, isn't that the dumbest thing? To glory in your sin? Why would you glory in your sin, right? I mean, who cares? I could care less what you did, you know? I was an axe murderer. Well, praise God, I'm glad you're saved, you know? I mean, you know, it just don't matter, right? It just, it, to me, it just doesn't matter what you do. Uh, and, you know, people come from the jail. You know, we went to the jail, you know. And, and in fact, we got some letters. I need to show you guys some letters we got from the jail. We took those, uh, those uh, Christmas 
bags up there. They're very thankful, you know, that they got those things. And, and so, um, you know, they all showed up tomorrow. I, I, praise God, how you doing, you know? Well, you know, I'm ashamed because of what I did. Well, are you doing it right now? If you're doing it right now, we've got some problems. You've got some, you know, things to deal with. But, you know, if, if you did it, you know, 100 years ago, you know, even a year ago, well, let's move on, right? I mean, I don't, it does, does it matter? Uh, and for Paul, it didn't matter, right? He could say, hey, uh, you know, I persecuted the church. You know, and, and if somebody like a Timothy said, well, you know, I never got around to doing anything like that. Paul's like, oh, that's fine, come on. But if I had people like look at me like, oh, you're one of those goody two-shoes. You know, I wasn't a goody two-shoes, right? I, in fact, I told the fellow that would kind of brag about that. I said, well, you know, we were, on a, we were on the same path to hell, right? Because before I was saved, even though I wasn't doing all those terrible things, was I, was I on my way to hell? Sure. Was he on his way to hell doing all those terrible things? Sure he was. Now, I did tell him that he would have probably got there sooner than I would because he probably would have uh, if he kept on that same path. Uh, but... But no, we, we should have zeal, but let's have zeal to know the Lord, right? Let's have zeal to know who he is. And that's, that is defined by what we read in the word of God. Zeal for natural things about, you know, I don't celebrate birthdays. I don't care, you know. It's wrong to have cake. I don't care, you know. I mean, it just, it just don't, doesn't matter, right? And um, it just, people will fight wars over things that just, it just, I don't find in the word of God. If I don't find in the word of God, I mean, like food, come on, fighting wars about food. Well, what do you eat? Whatever's in front of me, you know? Yeah. Well, you, you mean you don't eat that? Uh, uh, maybe, you know? Well, you, you, know, you need more of that. Well, what's it to you what I eat, you know? Uh, and it's just, it's just, well, I don't, I don't believe in eating meat. Fine, more bacon for me, right? I love bacon, right? <laughs> I don't eat bacon every day, but, you know, I, it, uh, I mean, you know, we could probably get a lot of uh, vegetarians backslide if you give them a good slice of Oscar Mayer bacon, right? But it, look, you want to be a vegetarian? I don't care. You want to be a vegetarian? Praise God, that's fine, right? But, but uh, if you're going to be zealous about that towards me, zealous about dead food, why is that something worthy to be zealous about, right? I mean, you know, if you want to eat that, fine, right? Uh, you know, nuts and vegetables, eat them all you want to. And I like nuts and vegetables. And I know a lot of people that are nuts and vegetables. But, um, and so, so we need to have zeal. But Paul's past did not define him. It didn't, it didn't constrain him, right? Some people's past, well, I can never be used of the Lord because I did this. Well, have you reached the limit of, of persecuting the church and allowing people to die right in front of you like you did with Stephen? <clears throat> anybody done that? I mean, I don't think anybody here has done anything like that. So you're not nearly as bad as Paul was, so get over it yourself, right? Uh, and and uh, uh, Because we talked last week about how, uh, in Romans 12, 11, how the gifts of calling to God without repentance, you know, you can't not... You can't just decide, I, I'm not called anymore. You mean you were called yesterday? Yeah. Well, why aren't you called today? Well, I did too many bad things. Doesn't change the calling, amen? They're without repentance. It means God is not going to change his mind based upon your, based upon your um, actions. Now, can you disqualify yourself from, from being used of the Lord in certain ways? Well, you can. Uh, you know, if, if, if you're a pastor and, and suddenly you become a bank robber, well, you probably can't pastor that church anymore. Uh, could you ever be a pastor again? Probably but uh, more than likely you're not going to go back to that same church, you know, so you may have to start back over in some areas. But the call is always going to be there, amen? Uh, and so, so uh, let's not let the things that we've done in the past hold us back. That doesn't mean that, we, you know, uh, people will say, well, then you're giving people an excuse to sin all they want to. People sin all they want to anyway. Don't you sin all you want to? You ever sin because you didn't want to? I mean, you know, I, I don't want to do this, I'm doing anything. You, everything you've ever done, you've done it because you wanted to do it, right? I know that, uh, that, that seems kind of obvious, but um, nobody's ever made you, you know, be unkind to somebody, right? Nobody's ever made you be in pride. You know, you chose to be that way. Uh, and so, so let, let's, let's move on from those things, amen? Uh, if you've done things in the past, you've got to move on because Paul did things in the past, and yet he, he has no problem calling himself the Apostle Paul. I'm uh, Paul, the apostle, called of God. And he has no problem saying that. I'm called of God. You know, I have no problem saying I'm a, I'm a pastor, teacher. I stand in the office of a pastor, teacher, and I'm called of God. And people, you know, some people don't like that, you know. And um, it doesn't matter to me, you know. I'm still called. Uh, and so, so let's have zeal, but let's put it in the right place. And, and he said that as uh, touching righteousness which is the law he was blameless so if you could measure his 
his uh, standing with the Lord by the letter of the law, you couldn't find anywhere in the letter of the law that he violated. But the problem is he violated the entire principle of the law, right? He violated the uh, to do good and to be a merciful person, right? I mean, there's a lot of things about, but the intent of the law that Paul missed, uh, and, and, that, and a lot of people love to split the hairs of the law. Well, I've not done anything that violates the letter of the law. Well, that's not what God's going to judge you. The Bible says he judged a man's heart, right? Your intention, why did you do that? And so two people could do the exact same thing, but one person could do it with the wrong motive. The other person could do it with the right motive. Well, how do you know? Well, only the Lord knows, amen? See, I'm not your judge. That makes it easy, right? If I look at you doing something and, you know, if it's obviously wrong, well, fine. But if it's obviously right, I, you know, uh, it doesn't tell me really anything. It doesn't tell me whether you're doing it for the right reason, right motivation. Some people, they, they do things in a church, you know, they help around the church, and uh, they only do it to get in good with the pastor. They don't do it because their heart's to serve. They're doing it to earn position with the, with the leadership of the church. Well, that's wrong motives, Right. Now, do things need to get done in the church? Sure, things need, need to get done in the church. But if your motive is only to get in good with the leadership, then you're not serving the Lord. You're serving the person, right? You're, you're trying to earn a position, earn, earn favor by, by purchasing it with your works. Uh, and so, but somebody else could do it because they're a servant of the Lord. Well, how do you know? You don't, you, you, you know, unless the Lord shows you, you don't know, right? Sometimes you know, but... Uh, but for the most part, we just, we just leave it alone, right? And so, uh, but as far as touching the law, he was blameless. So, so he, the whole point of this discussion with Paul is saying that uh, where he had no confidence in the flesh, we should have no confidence in the flesh. He said, I had a right to have confidence in the flesh because here's my resume. So that's what he's doing. He's going through his resume. And we talked about not, not having confidence in the flesh. And that, that verse is really, I've really been meditating a lot on verse 3 there about having no confidence in the flesh. I start, re- start reviewing my life is where do I have confidence in the flesh, right? You know, and a lot of times we'll do things like, uh, well, you know, I believe in healing, but, you know, you need to eat right every day. Okay. Should you eat right? Well, I mean, you should eat right, but is that, is, is, is that what determines your health? Now, in the medical industry, yes, that, that's what determines your health. And should you eat right? Well, you know, the balance we should do is one of the fruits of the Spirit. In fact, the last fruit of the Spirit is called what? It's temperance, right, which is moderation. Amen? So moderation is, is a very valid fruit of the Spirit, right? So everything we should do, we should do it in moderation. Amen? If we do it in excess, we're out of order. So uh, if, if we eat one donut a year, is that, is that excess or is that moderation? Well, that's moderation, right? If you eat uh, a donut every 13 minutes, is that moderation or excess? Well, that's excess, right? I mean, we all know it's excess. Well, where's the number? Where's the actual number? What's well, somewhere in between there, right? Either once a year or every 13 minutes, somewhere in between there is moderation, right? Well, what's the number? I don't know what the number is. The number's where you find it, right? The number's... And so, but if you say things like, I, I will stay healthy because I eat, I eat good food, then what you're saying is unless you are in a position to financially be able to purchase good quality food, right? Because good quality food is generally more expensive than cheap fatty food right and so uh if you go to you know you go outside the u.s you've got whatever you've got you know and, and uh, i mean they'll eat polecats and you know roadkill and all kinds of nasty things and i mean and, and i'm serious right they don't eat, they don't eat good quality food they eat in fact they don't eat a, a lot of food and, and they, even the food they eat it's not not great food a lot of times <clears throat> you know we have a, a blessing here in the united states that we have access to good good quality food if we want to purchase it uh, and now I like good food. Do you like good food? You know, I like good food, right? I mean, you know, uh, there, there was a time because you know, I used to be 12 years old like everybody else. I could eat a Hot Pocket like every day, right? Morning, you know, breakfast, a Hot Pocket, you know, pizza for lunch, you know, chili dog for, for dinner. I don't like eating like that anymore, you know. It, just, it sits heavy like, you know, like a big bowling ball in your, in your belly. Uh, and I don't like the way I feel after I eat that, you know. And so, so I eat a lot less now than I used to eat. And I, I just, uh, and that, that's moderation, right? Because we did one of those things where you track how much food you eat. And I looked at it and go, wow, I eat like a pig. I mean, it's like you just eat all the time, right? It's like grazing all the time. And so you just, you realize that you're, being, you're out of balance in those things. Well, and that's fine. But see, if, you, if you're saying things like, well, I do these natural things, then is that confidence in the flesh? If your confidence is, if I do these natural things, therefore I will maintain my healing, you know, 
see, we live in the church, right? So we've got to balance everything with, with living in the church and the Word of God and by faith versus living like the world lives, right? The world's confidence is in their flesh, right? Their confidence is, I walk 10,000 steps a day, I, I drink so many gallons of water a day, I, you know, I get so many hours of sleep, I get so many calories a day, but nothing more, you know, whatever the things are. And we bring those right into the church and we say, well, then you need to do that because that's what, you know, doctors and, you know, doctors are never wrong, right? Doctors are always right. They've never made a mistake ever in the history of medicine, right? Well, I mean, there's this little thing like COVID-19. Anybody remember COVID-19, how wrong they were about all that stuff? 95% you know, effective on these, on these vaccines, except they're really not, you know? And so, uh, sorry about that, you know, are bad, right? Uh, but uh, they were, I mean, they're absolutely adamant, you know, these things are, are the best things since sliced bread until they found that they weren't. And that's just two years ago, right? And now that, you know, all that stuff's coming out nowadays. But, and so uh, I'm not saying you shouldn't do those things, you know. I'm not saying you shouldn't eat good food. I'm not saying you shouldn't get rest. I'm not saying you shouldn't exercise, uh, you know. I'm not saying you should, I'm, you know, I'm not trying to, because the other extreme is that you get out of balance and, you, and, you're, and you're, again, not in moderation. You say, well, I never do those. I never eat vegetables. Well, that's not moderation, right? I never exercise. Well, that's not moderation. I never sleep, you know. Well, that's not moderation. That's extreme, right? So that's things that are done in excess. So, so you, find the, you find the moderation and you live there, but your confidence isn't in those things. Your confidence is in the Lord, but you're just living a, a moderate life, right? You're just doing things that are just normal, balanced in your life. But your confidence for health is not those things, amen? Your confidence health is the Word of God. And that's the balance we have to find. If we can find that, then we'll be okay. We can be zealous for the Lord uh, uh, because if you're not careful in a teaching like, like this, where you don't have confidence in flesh, then you say, well, then I can just do anything. Well, that gets into presumption and really in tempting the Lord, right? Remember, the devil came to Jesus and said, throw yourself off this cliff. For the word of God says that he'll give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways, lest you dash your foot against a stone. I think he left out the part about keep you in all your ways, but that he'll give his angels charge over you, lest you dash your foot against a stone. So therefore, you should just go throw yourself off a cliff. Well, see, that's, the, that's an extreme position, right? I'm, uh, it's not that I'm jumping off a cliff to save somebody or even save myself. I'm jumping off a cliff to, to, uh, to tempt God to save me for no valid reason. Well, that's excess, right? That violates the, the uh, spiritual law of moderation there. And so if pe- people will take a message like this and say, well, you're saying you shouldn't do anything, that you can live this horrible lifestyle and, and, and it has no ramifications. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying my confidence is not in those things. My confidence is in the Word of God. For my health and healing and well-being, it's in the Word of God. I do those other things because if you just listen to your own body, you know, if you're, if you're thirsty, uh, then what should you do? You should get something to drink, right? Uh, if, you're, if you're tired, what should you do? You should get some rest, right? If you're hungry, what should you do? You should exercise, right? I mean, so all those things, I mean, you should eat, right? If you're hungry, you should eat, right? If you're hungry, you should drink something, right? If you're sleepy, you should drive, right? No, I'm not saying, you know, that's all messed up, right? But uh, no, it, it, your body, you know, your body has a voice, right? And it's a valid voice and you should listen to it, amen? It'll tell you, for the most part, the things you should do. Yeah, and it'll, uh, now your, you know, the sin nature in you will drive you. Eat all the donuts, never sleep, don't exercise, you know, your, your, your sin nature will drive you, but your natural body that's made by, designed by God, made by the DNA of your parents, generally speaking, will, will lead you in the right path of what you should do for your own body, amen? If you're eating just junk food all the time, you just kind of feel yucky after a while, don't you, right? Uh, you know, there, there's, uh, uh, you know those, uh, like, peanut M&Ms, right? I, I like peanut M&Ms, uh, and um, they're pretty good, right? But there was, like, a time and season, like, you know, somebody got me, like, a thousand pounds of them for, 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 um, for Christmas, right? And I had a major goal to get them done before New Year's, right? And, and I think I... If I never see another peanut M&M the rest of my life, I'm probably okay. Because, you know, I think, if, I think your body has like a lifetime, you know, con- consumption rate of something. And once you reach that, doesn't matter how long you live, you never want another one again the rest of your life, right? And I think I've already reached that for peanut M&Ms, right? Uh, and so, uh, so in those things, then touch, is touching the righteous, which is law, he was blameless. Uh, but he's still saying that it was all wrong. Everything he's doing is wrong. So that's verse 6 there come down to verse 7, he said, but what things were gained to me, those I counted uh, lost for Christ, uh, Philippians 3, 7. What things were gained to me. So all these things that he just said that he was doing, right? Touching the law, he's blameless, zealous for the Lord, doing all these things. 
He said, all those things were gained to me. Look, look at what I've achieved. Look what I've done in, in my life. Uh, he said, they mean nothing to me. Mean, mean nothing. So your resume should mean nothing to you, what you've done. Well, Lord, I've done all these things for you, right? How many times have you gone to the Lord? Lord, you know, I've been good all day. You know, you owe me. Uh, and, and, and that's what people do a lot of times. What things were gained to me, I kind of lost for Christ. But a lot of times we think that what things were gained to me, then, then I, I earn value from the Lord. Lord, I've done these things. Now you owe me. Now you've got to give me something, right? Uh, and, and let's turn over to, to Romans chapter 4 real quick. I think we're going to come back to Romans chapter 4 at some point again. But, um, but here, Romans chapter 4, is just a, it's a great chapter because it really gives a good explanation about Abraham and how faith operates. And, and I would encourage you, meditate on a lot of this stuff in, verse, in chapter 4. The whole chapter, you know, from verse 1, you know, wherever it goes down to, down to uh, verse 25, there's just a lot of good things related to faith that, that's really helpful. I consider it fundamental, you know, foundational understanding of how these things work. And so I would just read uh, verse 1 through 4 here. So what shall we say then that Abraham, our father, as, as pertaining to the flesh, has found? So they, you know, Abraham was not the first man on the earth, right? Who was the first man on the earth? Adam, right? So Adam was really our father, but when he says Abraham is our father, what's, what does he mean by that? Father of what? Fathers of faith, right? He's a father. Of, he's a first man that he's like 20 generations from Adam, but he's the first man that God said, uh, hey, I need to establish a covenant with somebody. Are you willing to do that? First man that said, yeah, I'll do that. And I'm just convinced that the, that the Lord didn't wait for Abraham to show up to ask him. I'm convinced that every generation he asked somebody, hey, you want to, uh, can you establish a covenant with me? How about you? How about you? No, no, how about you? No, you want to, you know, no, no. And he kept waiting, he had to wait to another generation. Hey, you want to establish a covenant with me? I, I need a covenant with a man. Hey, are you, are you available? No, Lord, I just bought, a, I just bought some land. Uh, Lord, I bought a cow. You know, I, I just got married. Huh? Lord, I, you know, I got a new car, you know. And, and finally he got Abraham. Abraham's like, yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that, you know. And, and, and that, that's really why he's our father of faith because he was the first one who chose to have a covenant of God with faith. He said, as far as pertaining to flesh, what he's found. Uh, and so, so uh, Paul again wrote this scriptures here, right? So back to verse one there. What shall we say then that Abraham, our father, as pertaining, as pertaining to the flesh, has found? For if Abraham was justified by works... He hath whereof to glory, but not before God. So if he was cleared of guilt, right? Justified means be declared, declared free from guilt. If he was justified by, by things that he did, right? Works, things that you do, right? I, I make potato salad. I visit the poor. I clothe the naked. I feed the hungry, right? I go to jail, I, you know, not as an as a, you know, inmate, but to visit people there, right? Uh, but works, I do things, right? I, I sweep the floor. I paint the buildings, you know, I, I preach every day. Whatever it is that you do, uh, he said, uh, are you declared free from your guilt because of the things that you do? Have you earned favor with God by the things that you do? Uh, he says, if you did that, then, then you, there's some glory in that, right? Hey, look what I've done. Look at me. I've done more than you've done, so I must be more important than you are. He said, there, there is glory there, but not before God. Is God impressed with you? You know, one time the Lord just... just out of the blue, just, I was minding my own business. He said, he said uh, you know, you don't impress me. And that's what he said, right? I'm just, just minding, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't even praying. We were just in a meeting somewhere doing something, and he said, you know, you don't impress me. I'm like, you know, it just, just kind of, I don't know, it just kind of hurt my feelings because, like, what did I do to you? Did somebody, you know, steal your Cheerios or something this morning? And I mean, why, you know, why, and so, I, you know, I had to, I had to, talking about it you know what's what's why would you say that he said because he said because you've you've been raised to try to earn your way and, and to do things and to try to get in good with me because of the things you do you know you, I was running sound I was doing a lot of things as a church and you know helping a lot of people doing a lot of things uh, and uh, now my heart was to serve the Lord but I didn't mind the glory that came along with being you know a number one servant right uh, try to be the number one servant. 
you know, so, but I mean, my heart was sort of to do it for the Lord, but at the same time, you know, you don't mind getting a little bit of recognition. I mean, you know, I mean, look how good I am. I mean, I'm pretty impressive, right? I mean, I'm, I've impressed myself. And the Lord said, you know, you don't impress me. Wow, Lord, you don't. I mean, I impress all these other people. How come I don't impress you? And, and, and that took me, it took me a long time. I mean, not like years, but just in talking to the Lord and meditating with him, spending time with him to understand you know, to really see who I was, because the error of my ways was I would do things for people, but I would do things because I needed them to like me, or I needed them to, to give me their approval, or to get approval from the Lord that I'm helping people doing things, instead of just doing things because that was my call, you know, my, the call of God in my life is to be a servant, right? Of course, your call of God in your life is to be a servant, too, but, but instead of just being a servant, I wanted some recognition for being a servant, Amen. Now, it wasn't like, you know, some people, that, that's all they want is the recognition, right? I mean, Jesus talks about that in, in Matthew chapter 6, about the people who love to pray on the street corners. Oh, God, you know, please help me. You know, everybody looking? You all looking at me? Yeah, look at, yeah, they say, oh, Lord, please help me. You ever, you ever listen to people, some people pray, and you think, God, you know, please help me. I'm, I need your help, Lord. Uh, you know, God, and you can just tell in the tone of their voice that they're not even talking to the Lord. They're talking for your benefit. And it's just really, to me, it's like, you know, I don't know, it's just distaste. It's, it's hard to explain, but you know, you all know I'm talking about people, you know, you, there's no relationship. You know, we had a lady at church, she'd pray. I love listening to her pray. She'd pray, and I'd, just, I'd get closer to heaven just because she'd pray. And, and, but then some people pray, and it's like, you know, there's just nothing there. But they're doing it for your benefit, right? And that's what Jesus said about these folks. So, so he said of Abraham, if he, if he had been declared free from guilt because of the things he did, he could glorify in that, take glory in it, but not before the Lord, right? Is the Lord impressed with you? He is not impressed with you. I mean, you know, he said, he said, if you've done all these things, he said, just call yourself an unprofitable servant. You know what it said there in Luke 17, right? You said, I'm an unprofitable servant. If you've done everything you're supposed to do, nah, Lord, I'm just an unprofitable servant. And what's he saying? He said, just, you need to have the right attitude that, that if you do everything you possibly could do, which is you're always going to be limited because you're a limited human being, you're just not going to impress the Lord. But you've got to get settled in your heart that that's okay, right? Are you, is it okay that, that we can never impress the Lord? You know, it's okay, amen? As far as earning our way with the Lord, earning favor from the Lord. Uh, he said, for, for what saith the scripture, Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Uh, and so how did he obtain righteousness? Only by faith, right? Only by faith. And, and Paul talks a little bit about righteousness later on, so we'll We'll um, delay the discussion on righteousness here for just a minute. He said, but I'm really trying to get to verse 4. Now to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. So what's he saying here? So I think verse 4 is, is one of the most important verses uh, if you want to establish a life of faith, right? Not establish a life of works and earning your way to heaven, but establish a way of faith. And so Paul is saying here that uh, to him that worketh. So if you're working, if you're trying to earn your way to God, Lord, I've, I've done this, Lord, I've done that, I've done all these things, now you owe me, right? So what you're saying, he said, the, the, the reward is not reckoned of grace, but of debt, right? So if you're trying to earn your way, you, you think that, just like, you know, if you, if you work a job, you know, say you get paid uh, $5 an hour. Anybody want to work for $5 an hour? I don't want to work for $5 an hour. But let's say you get $5 an hour, right? Uh, and so, you work two hours, what does the boss owe you? $10, right? I mean, that's, you know, uh, we, 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 you want to get a chalkboard out here? We'll do the math, right? You work $5 an hour for two hours, uh, he owes you $10, right? So he's in debt to you, right? You did the work, he's in debt to you, he's got to pay you. So the reward is reckoned of debt, right? It's given to you because there's a debt. He owes you money, right? Uh, when, you, when you go... Uh, and you work for 40 hours, then the boss owes you money. He's in debt to you, and he has to pay that debt. He gives you a paycheck, right? Uh, and so th if you're doing works, then, then reward is, is given to you because you've put somebody in your debt. And so what Paul is saying is people are always trying to get God to be in their debt. Lord, I've done this. Now you owe me. Well, that's not the way it works with the Lord. He's already given you everything, so you can't earn it. But people don't like that, so they want to earn it. So they're always trying to get God in their debt. If you can get, if you can meditate on this verse, this is such a great verse because uh, let me give you an illustration because it uh, it really drove home 
the understanding of this, how this operates. So our, our kids were getting, uh, we, you know, we had three kids and they were getting a little older, old enough to do things, right? So when they're small, they're useless, right? They can't do nothing. They're just take, 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 you know, they never give anything. They just cry and t- change diapers, feed them all the time. They, they're of no practical use, right? When they're, I mean, my grandson, right, he's awesome. He's almost five months old. He's of no practical use. Bring him to the work site, he could do nothing. He can't sweep, he can't clean, he can't use a hammer and nail. He's just useless. Uh, and so, but we love him, right? We do anything for him. We got to put that in there, right? Because it's true. Uh, and so, but as they got older, then now they can do things, right? They can take out the garbage, they can clean the dishes, they can, you know, whatever they can do. And so we said, well, uh, do we want to give them an allowance for the chores, right? So your allowance is based upon your chores, right? You, you do the dishes every day, you make your bed, you know, you get, you know, uh, like a dollar, right? Whatever it is, right? Yeah. And, and um, we always give our kids good allowances. Uh, and so we had the discussion, Chris and I had the discussion, do we want to give them an allowance for their chores? And so, you know, we didn't really make a decision, but the Lord spoke to me. He said, no, that's not the way I want you to do it. He said, he said, you need to separate the things that they do from the rewards that they get. He said, because the rewards are reckoned of grace. So he said that the, the allowance is given to them because of our relationship. They're my children. Because they're my children, I give them an allowance. That's it. Also, because they're, they're functioning uh, human beings, they can do chores. They can have some responsibilities. But the, their allowance is not reckoned of debt. I don't owe them an allowance because they've done, they've done chores. They do chores because they have responsibilities, but they still get the allowance because of grace, because of their relationship with me. Now, if you can, if you can meditate on that, and get to, because some people think, well, I'm in grace, therefore I don't have to do anything. No, that's not true. You have to do things, right? You've got to walk in love. You've got to preach the gospel. You've got to read the word. You've got to pray. You've got to develop the fruit of the Spirit in your life. You've got to do things. But those things you do don't earn uh, rewards from heaven. You get rewards from heaven because you have an inheritance from Jesus, right? We are joint heirs with God. Uh, we have an inheritance. The inheritance we have is literally everything, right? All that we have, we have, he, he said in Second Peter, that we have all things that pertain unto life and God that is right now. All things. That means finances and food and clothes and, and place, to, uh, place to sleep, you know, a decent car, uh, you know, things, right? Whatever the things we have need of, he says he's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. So all things would be what? All things. Anything not included in all things? There's nothing not included in all, everything's included in all things. So that's already, that was that already given to you? When was it given to you? At the cross, right? When Jesus finished the work on the cross and was resurrected, and we got the inheritance which included all things. That belongs to you the day you receive the Lord Jesus. So what do you have to do to earn that? Literally nothing. It already belongs to you, right? You, you, you have to, well, Lord, I've got to be good. I've got to attend. Lord, I've been to church three times in a row. What do, you, what, what do you owe me? Nothing. He owes you nothing. He's not going to give you things because of debt, because you put him in debt because of your works. So verse 4, Now to him that worketh is the reward reckoned not of grace, but of debt. If you, We can read it a, a, differently to make it a little bit easier. Now to him that worketh is the reward reckoned of debt because you have put God, you've worked, now you think God owes you because you've worked and therefore now you should get a reward. And if you live that way, you will be a legalistic uh, person and know nothing about grace and nothing about faith. You'll be, you think that your good works will get you all the blessings of heaven. A person of faith goes, it all belongs to me right now. Lord, what would you like me to do? I'll do whatever you want me to do. Well, I need you to do that. Okay. Lord, if I do that, what do I get? Well, nothing, you know, you just, you know. Now, now, look, if you're disobedient, what do you get? Well, then you constrain. The Lord's constrained by that. But see, you've got to think about it this way. We start at 100%. So we're not earning the 100%. We already get the 100%. And if we're disobedient and don't follow the word, then the Lord is constrained with giving us things that already belong to us. You know, the way Paul said it in Galatians chapter 2, he says, I do not frustrate the grace of God. So by you not being obedient, you frustrate God, but Lord, uh, Lord's like, well, this belongs to you, but I can't give it to you right now because you're out of my will. I can't, you know, if you get back in my will, it already belongs to you. It'll be yours when you come back, uh, but you gotta, you got to be in my will. So you're not earning it. It's already yours, but sometimes it's constrained in being delivered to you because of your actions. 
Now, in my, in, my, in my simple, if you could pop up my brain and look at see, it all, it's all perfectly clear to, me, clear to me. And I know we teach a lot about this because if I can get this point across to you and get you to understand that the reward is not reckoned of, of, of debt, it should be reckoned of grace. Our reward is given to us because of our relationship with Jesus, period. And then we have things to do. Two separate discussions. They don't overlap, you know, in the sense that, uh, I mean, sometimes, you know, if the kids wouldn't, wouldn't do right, Sometimes, well, we're not going to give you your, your allowance today because you're not doing right. You're not earning your allowance, but, but your actions have hindered me from being able to be a blessing to you. And that's the way the Lord operates. That's the economy of the New Testament. Uh, it all belongs to you, 100%, right now. You're not waiting on it. You're trying to earn it. I'm not trying to get good enough to do it. Lord, if I can just attend church one more time, I think, I think I'll just cross the line. Finally, finally you can give me something that, that I need. It, it was finished 2,000 years ago. He's not going to give you anything more than he's already given to you, ever, right? Everything he's ever done for you is already done. He's not, not waiting for you to do something to earn it, amen? So Galatians, uh, or Romans 4.4, 4, if your mentality is, Lord, I've got to be the hardest worker in church, you, you've got to get that worked out of you, right? Nothing wrong with being a hard worker in church, right? But if your mentality is, therefore, that's how you bless me, See, then you think that the reward is reckoned of debt, that you put God in your debt because you've done something for him. And, and, and that's, uh, that is not a life of faith. That is a life of dead works, right? You, those works, you think those, those natural things you've done will earn and purchase some amount of favor from God. And the Lord's like, I've already given you everything. There's nothing you can actually earn because it already belongs to you right now. And so we've got to get it. That out of, our, out of our mindset because the other extreme then is, well, then I don't have to do anything. Is that true, that you don't have to do anything? Well, no, because the Lord, has he called all of us to do things? Has he given us gifts and talents? If he's given you gifts and talents and you're not using them, then you're in disobedience, right? Uh, you know, and I tell the Lord all the time, everything I have, everything I am, all, all that I know, it belongs to you. Use my hands, whatever you want, however you want to. Use my mind, however you want to. Use any talent or, or ability that I have. In any capacity that you choose, everything that I own belongs to you. And I tell him that on a regular basis. I have nothing in my, in my life that is not available for him to use for his benefit. Amen? Because otherwise I'll, I'll find myself in disobedience. And so, so uh, what Paul said, what things were gained to me, those are kind of lost for Christ. Uh, I, I don't earn any value from the Lord uh, because of I take, uh, I use a, gifts and talents to earn my way to heaven. Uh, and so uh, we'll pick this up because I wanted to read verse 7 in some different translations. I think it'll help us get some more insight in that. Uh, but and, but you, have to have the, you have to have that mindset that, that nothing I am, right, uh, all that I am, all that I have, all that I know, uh, it's as far as, as far as the Lord's concerned, you know, I kind of lost for Christ, right? I don't, I don't think that gets me anything for the Lord, right? It's not to my advantage to say, Lord, I'm the best singer that there ever was, therefore you owe me. Lord, I'm the best preacher there ever was, therefore you owe me. We can't, we've got to get that mindset, we've got to drill that mindset out of our lives, because that is not a life of faith, that's a life of works, amen? Uh, and so, we'll, we'll pick that up next time, and um, um, hopefully we'll get it. To, but I really like Romans 4, 4, I think it's such a, an, when, I, when I saw that, I, and I can almost tell you when I saw it, and I saw the revelation of that verse, it, it, I just really had to Working because that's that's me, right? I'm the person who tries to earn favor with God right? by doing things because I can do things, right? I, a lot of things I can do, a lot of things you can do, right? But I'm just that was my mentality. I'm going to earn, Lord. I can I can I can earn more than anybody else. I can work harder, you know, do more than anybody else. Yeah. And, and now I haven't slowed down. I'm still doing a lot for the Lord, but my mentality now is because that's who I am, not because that's what I'm trying to earn. Amen. And so let's pray and thank the Lord for His Word today. So Father, we thank you. <clears throat> For your word, and Father, we thank you that the reward is not reckoned because we that we have put you in our debt, that you owe us anything. We get a reward, Father, because of grace, just because you love us, because you died, you shed blood on the cross, Father. Therefore, we have a reward in heaven, and that reward, Father, is available to us here on the earth. And so, Father, we thank you uh, that that uh, you help us understand these things that. We need to live a life of faith, Father, and to be like our father Abraham, who received righteousness, Father, simply because he believed, not because he earned it. And so, Lord, we thank you for these things. We give you the praise and the honor for it, Lord, in Jesus' name.
Amen. Well, praise God. Can we get there? You know, if you can get to where Romans 4, 4, that you can live that in your life, it's a very freeing kind of uh, way to live because people that are always trying to earn their way are driven people, right? They're, they're just so, they're always under pressure. And they put you under pressure, right? Well, you know, I, I clean the church, you know. When are you going to clean the church? Well, I, I prayed six hours today. Well, how much have you prayed? And they always kind of you know, make you feel like you're not as good of a person, a Christian as they are. Well, you know. Uh, I fed I fed the five thousand today all by my hands. You know I made I made five thousand biscuits. What did you do today? Well, I ate a biscuit. You know I make five thousand biscuits, and so the, you know they're always, and they're always trying to drive you right to drive you like they're driven. Well, sorry, I'm living in peace. Amen. It's already uh, you know all the five thousand biscuits already belong to me. So um, let's get ready to receive this evening's offering. Then so don't forget uh, uh, Friday night we have prayer here at the church at seven p.m. And then Saturday, we have work day at 10 a.m. to take down all the decorations. And like I said, we'll be here maybe an hour tops, you know. <clears throat> and, then, um, and then we'll be here at church on, um, on um, uh, Sunday, right? So, all right. Yeah, I had to think about that for a second. Come ahead, Mr. Jared. So, um, <clears throat> Sunday's Jerry's birthday, right? Yeah. And... Uh, you know how his birthday is on Sunday? Elvis Presley, right? So Jerry and Elvis could be twins, separate at birth, you know. Yeah. And so, um, you know, Jerry actually has a twin brother. Uh, and, um, and so, uh, like identical twin, right? Like a lot of people mistake Jerry for Jimmy. I could never do that because I know Jerry so well, you know, that uh, I'm never, I, I never look at Jimmy like, oh, that's, that's Jerry. Uh, but Jimmy and Jerry, you know, uh, and so anyway, praise God. All right, well, uh, uh, we'll see you all later then, right? Be blessed and have a good week.